Good evening. Welcome to Politicket Podcast. Tonight we have Josh Randall with us uh, running for Senate, the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by Mitt Romney, right? That's right. So so tell me uh, a little bit about you. So to, to begin with, let's just talk about you so that our viewers know a little bit more about you and they, they understand who you are and what motivates you. Absolutely. I have six kids under the age of 10, and I think many parents, any parent would say that's part of what motivates them. I mean, I, I go to the school and I worry about sometimes what books are going to be in the library. Um, I worry about what homes my children are going to be able to buy. I worry about what type of career they're going to have to have to, to fund the Social Security system. I, I worry about, in general, the quality of life and the American dream, and I say, what can I do to help fix that? How can I help ensure the same blessings of this country for the next generation? So I, I'm very concerned about the next generation, making sure that they have the best future they can possibly have. I mean, that's really my primary motivation for getting in the race. And, and obviously, I feel like I can help. I mean, I'm a CPA. I have, as I mentioned, those six kids under the age of 10. Uh, but I work as a trust lands administration audit manager right now for the state of Utah. And my experience is very catered towards reading through contracts and legal, legal language, finding the financial ramifications, and figuring out whether or not we're complying, people are complying with at least terms and what we can do to maximize revenue and to kind of minimize expenses. And I think that's really needed right now someone who will comb through the details of large bills and help us to to understand how we can get to a balanced budget point and everybody probably says that is a republican candidate but we really got we've got to do that um, i think that's one of the greatest challenges we have um, so so where 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 did you grow up where where are you from uh Oh, I guess but, I, yeah, I'm not sure if I answered that. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I just think that people need to know a little bit about your background. So. Sure. Well, I grew up in uh, Hyde Park, Utah. I went to Skyview High School, class of 2000. I guess that'll date me. But um, back then I was, ba I was on the basketball team, baseball team, I guess. Uh, my wife, she is from, she grew up in a town called Johnstown, Colorado. We met when she was going, just after she had finished going to BYU, but we now live in West Valley City. At the time that we met, I was working in oil and gas accounting outside of Utah. So I had a little stint where it's kind of a volatile industry and there was a few layoffs involved. Uh, when, when oil and gas prices go down, you might end up moving. So we, we moved from, I had some time in New Mexico, a stint in Oklahoma, a stint in Texas. But uh, most of my life, I mean, Utah is where I was raised. This is, this is my culture and this is my home. So, so you're a CPA. So CPA. Yeah, obviously you studied accounting and got a master's degree in accounting from Weber State, a bachelor's in accounting from Utah State. And no I just, I just love accounting. Well, that's good. Yeah, that that, well, that that might date you a little bit too. To say I love accounting. Well, I'm, I'm, I say that. I I feel like I have uh, aptitude for it. It's not what I, I actually would love to see less of a need in this country for accountants in general. I'm one who would love to see, I'd love to really fuel the productive arm of our society. Accountants are an administrative expense. I mean, not to offend my fellow accountants or, or lawyers, but lawyers are an administrative expense. I mean, we have to have some, but the fewer, 
the better. And, and in government, we've got a lot of administrative expenses. It's, uh, that's not our productive arm. So my, a lot of my focus as a senator is around the idea of lowering administrative expenses and fueling production and restoring faith in the capitalist system. It's, it's the best way. It's not perfect always, but it's the best way. Very good. Well, we're going to take a break, okay. and we'll come right back. Hey Siri, how do I get to the state capitol? John, the fastest way to get to the capitol is to make a lot of empty promises, to get help from special interest groups and endorsements from politicians. You will also need to buy a better suit. That's not gonna work for me, Siri. You need to find another way. John, listen to me. If you're going to win your race, you will need to play the political game. You also need to use more hairspray and buy a golden retriever. Also, a new phone case would be nice. It's enough of this. John, 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 are you there? Did you just leave me on the road? Fine. Keep your principles, John. My name's John Johnson. I'm not running to be part of a system, and I don't owe anyone special favors. I'm running to listen to and work for you. I'm running to get results. Welcome back to Politicket. Uh, we've got Josh Randall with us and uh, candidate for U.S. Senate seat. And so, you, you know, dur during the break, we, we were talking just a little bit about uh, about your family and, and the way you're going about this race that seems unique to me. So why, why don't you explain to people kind of, you, you know, why, why you're on this particular mission and, and what motivates you and uh, how, how are you running this campaign? Sure. I know it's a different approach. Everything on the website that we have has been written by me. My wife actually put the website up. We are very volunteer based. We have a group of people in the Salt Lake County particularly that have really have reached out to us and asked us if they could help. There's been various cultural communities. We had a group of Tongan people actually down in Salt Lake who have reached out and it's been a pleasure to work with them as well, but it's very volunteer based. I, am, I really believe in, uh, I mean, we, we were told when we got in this that, you know, at first we were told that if you don't go in with a million, 1.5 million of your own funds that you're planning on spending, and if you haven't been in political circles for 15 years, then you shouldn't be in this race. And I'm trying to change that culture because I believe, I really believe then in order to persuade people in Washington, D.C., the approach has to be different. It has to be hands-on with senators who are doing the work themselves. I understand the expediency by hiring a committee, by hiring a campaign team, and by, by raising funds and really throwing a lot of money at an election. I understand how that's expedient and gets the word out. We're focusing on volunteerism, though, grassroots, word of mouth, and the approach I guess in some ways, what, I'm, what I say, and this sounds, I don't, necessarily, I don't really want people's money. I'd rather them put their money into their families and other things right now, and not necessarily to buoy up an elections industry. I talked about administrative expenses, and I don't want to cause that type of administrative expense burden on the people of Utah. 
I'd like to, I like to just be able to, to persuade and get their, get their hearts in it a little bit. And maybe that's asking for more in some ways. So, so you're a convention-only candidate, right? I'm, I'm a convention-only candidate. And uh, so have you spent your time talking to delegates then? A lot. We have done a lot of virtual town halls. We've been meeting in various cities around the Wasatch Front with them. We've got, I think we have a meeting here in Weber County in the next hour and a half. We have a town hall that we're doing, and my wife sets that up for the most part, but she has some volunteers on occasion that will help. We kind of blitz the delegates in the areas and say, hey, we're going to be there on Friday, and we do everything we can to get as many people to RSVP to those events. And it's been pretty good so far. We've had a lot of very positive responses. I mean... So what are, you, what are you hearing from people when you talk to them, to the delegates? Well, I had an interview today, earlier this morning, with a guy down in Linden. And he mentioned, he said something like, well, we, we endorsed somebody early on in this race, but we haven't heard about you. We haven't heard about you yet. And that's, that's the hurdle that we're getting through. We really think the message resonates with people. But we're, I mean, we've got 28 more days to get the message out. Uh, but people, I feel like people are looking for someone who's not just throwing money at it or who's been in a political circle. I mean, it's, uh, you're either an establishment politician who's been doing it for years and has those connections, or you're just ready to go and, and take a bunch of money from donors. So what are, what are delegates asking you about uh, as far as your policy positions and stuff? What, what, are, what are the questions you get? Well, some of them, a lot of them are concerned about um, their concern. I mean, they ask what makes me different. For one, I mean, they do that with every candidate. But they are asking about the debt. What are you going to do about the debt? And I talk pretty openly, and this might make me different than other candidates. I propose some cultural shifts where we either decentralize or decommission the Federal Reserve. And I know that sounds like a, sometimes people look at that as conspiratorial or I don't think what they're doing is constitutional. I think a lot of the manipula manipulations of our Federal Reserve have made our market more volatile than it should have been. Um, they've caused problems where, with their mandates that they were supposed to be keeping the dollar steady, and they've kind of done the opposite, in my opinion. And so I, and I don't care for the bailouts. I don't care for them picking winners and losers. I think that, so I'm looking for major changes, major changes in DC. I talk about privatizing Social Security and Medicare and sending Medicaid and food stamps back to the states. And I'm pushing doing it fast, fast. I mean, like, as soon as we can get it done. This is like, for me, this is the surgery that we need to stop the bleeding. I talk about laying off 1 to 1.5 million federal employees, eliminating various agencies. And I already talked about privatizing some of the programs and sending the rest back to the states. And, you know, one of the things I say to people is that they look at me and say, well, Josh, you've never been in politics before, have you? And I say, well, no, I haven't. But I am a CPA, and I can tell you, for this, I really believe I can help. I, can, I believe I can help us with the budget. I think I can persuade people to come to our side. Um, building on some common ground, I'm a little bit different than other candidates in that I would say I'm not afraid of a shutdown, of a, of a government shutdown. One thing that I do differently, in 2019, we had the Federal Fair Employee Compensation Act that was passed. And most of the Senate pretty much unanimously passed that. I wouldn't have voted for that. 
I don't think we should pay our furloughed federal employees during shutdowns, and I would have a 15 to 25 percent mandatory pay cut for discretionary employees who continue working during shutdowns. And the point being is to get us to a point where the, the shutdowns are not hurting us financially as a country so that we can't be backed into the wall when the appropriations deadlines come in October where we're saying, okay, we've got to pass whatever these bills are. John Curtis will say, and Trent Stagg says, like, if we don't pass our appropriations bills on time, then we shouldn't get paid as congressmen. And I kind of, I mean, I appreciate the concept, except that for me, it's kind of missing the point. The point being like, the point isn't just to pass bills. The point is to pass bills that are within our budget, that are within our revenue. So I'm, my proposal would be, I'm, I'm glad to not get paid if we don't do it in time. But the proposal I would say is, but we have to vote for some balanced budget by the appropriations deadline. A balanced budget amendment like Mike Lee proposed last year, <clears throat> I consider, I mean, it's important. And so it's a little bit different approach, but it's saying we don't want to be afraid of the shutdowns. We don't want to be backed into the corner where we're down to 48 hours and we're looking at an omnibus bill uh, with a bunch of added unrelated and unconstitutional pieces and feel like, you know, if Republicans don't pass this, then you're causing the shutdown, you're ruining our economy. And it's not like that. I mean, it really is not. The, a government shutdown is not the enemy. And federal employees, I might have just lost some of their votes. I don't know. But it is the answer. And so I'm committed to saying these are the answers. With Social Security, I would get rid of the redistributive piece of that. And for some seniors, that means that there's going to be a reduction in benefits. Now, that just lost me votes, too. But the, I would say, if you put money in, you get it back. Inflation adjusted, every dollar plus inflation over the time that you put it in. So I'm not wanting to take away what you've put in. I absolutely say that's your money. But I am saying the redistribution of wealth that takes place through Social Security, we can't afford to do it. We can't afford to keep doing that. And we're going to have to learn that pre-1930s, when this was instituted, we found other ways. And we need to get back to that. So with all these things, they're, they're sweeping changes, big major changes. I'm a major change candidate. I, I would say that is something that makes me different. Um, so we're about out of time. Okay. So why don't, you, why, why don't you make a final pitch to the, the voters in the state of Utah? Sure. Well, like I said, I, I am a major change candidate. And I am a convention-only candidate, and I, I believe that the delegates can choose our next senator. I really do. At the 20, on the 27th of April at the convention, and what you'll do in the following two months through June. And I'm asking you to exercise a little bit of faith in some ways to, to put your vote behind a candidate who is taking a different approach. Because I absolutely... I'm convinced that that different approach is the only way we're going to have the, be persuasive enough to bring people to our side. We have a great platform. A Republican platform in Utah is great, and I back it 100%. But we have to bring people to our side. And, you know, I say it. There might be some miracles needed. So one of the things I tell people is, if I could encourage in policy, I know I've talked a lot about fiscal-type policy today, but from a religious standpoint, from the heritage that we have, if I could also help people to understand, like, I really want to encourage people to live their religion, dozens of religions that we have in this country, and I would be a senator who would try and encourage that. Live your religion, don't shelf your faith, 
when you go to the ballot box right now. We need miracles. I mean, it takes miracles right now to make the changes that we need. But it is the best approach. It, we really should try. We really should try and fix, pay down the debt and get back to a point where we are feeling confident in our legislators again, in our Congress. And I believe in it. I'm a candidate who really wants to infuse faith, family values, and fiscal discipline. And I, I wouldn't be running if I didn't feel like I could do all three, like it, I could help. Well, thank you very much. So, Josh Randall running for Senate. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Appreciate it.